0: All right, praise the Lord. We've been looking a lot at David here, and anyway, uh, this is Psalm 34, something David wrote. And right in the middle of it, let me switch this to the King James just a moment, because I believe we're familiar with the way this says it in the King James. Psalm 34. Uh, let's see. I, that's not. I'm, I didn't do it. Hang on. Let me change this one second. Here we go. Where'd my? Uh... Yeah. Here we go. Well, I oh, there it went. It just had to refresh. Okay. Psalm 34, we drop down here, let's see, Uh, this is wonderful right here. Uh, Look at that, verse 17. The the righteous cry, now remember, you're always the righteous in the Bible, trust me. Even when you do things wrong, uh, you're still the righteous. You're going to need to say, Lord, I apologize, whatever, but you're the righteous. Don't don't exclude you from this. Besides that, I mean, what do we need the Bible for if this is not for you? So look what he says. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears. Boy, some people stumble over that. They go, I don't know if he heard me. He hears you. Now, look at this. And delivers them out of all their troubles. Boy, all means all. You can just get, you you don't go through me or your friends. You go directly to the Lord. Tell him it doesn't look like all of them. Have your communication with him and say, Lord, I am struggling here. And you said all. Don't come complaining to everybody, well, he doesn't do all because what about this person and what about... No, you go to the Lord and he's going to convince you that it is all and he'll want you to quit your whining and then he'll straighten it all out for you. Let me switch this back to the uh, Living Bible, just a second, verse 17. So David, wow, okay, it's the Psalm of David. Uh, down here, he says, um, 17. Yes, the Lord hears the good man man when he calls to him for help and saves him out of all his troubles. Wow. All right. I want to look at a little end of life incident here just for a moment before I get into the main part. Let's see. So let's go over here and um, remember your Bible's laid out chronologically, you know, so you're not going to find David down here in Revelation. You may hear him referenced, but uh, he's up here at the front. So he is a king, so let's drop down here to, uh, I want to go to 1 Kings, and uh, this is in his old age. Okay, so he's fixing to pass away. Uh, now, uh, I think we need to go to, no, it's chapter one. Oh, let's see. Little story here, which is a great little story. Let's see. Oh, yep, his, um, Bathsheba, her son was called what, Solomon? Solomon's fixing to be the king here. But anyway, let's pick up a little story here because Adonijah, one of David's other sons, was having a little party. And they were he was saying, my dad's fixing to die. I'm just going to be king. Oh, no. No, he wasn't either. Anyway, so notice what David said. He said, call Bathsheba. David said. She came back in. And the king vowed. Now, look what he says. As the Lord lives, who has rescued me from every danger. Now, he's an old man. I decree your son Solomon to be the next king. And of course, this is a wonderful story, but I'm not going to stick with this story. But I just wanted you to see, look how David puts it. Rescued me from every danger. All right, let's go back to when he was a, a, a very young boy and watch this take place. We picked up last week, we covered uh, we covered Goliath. And we covered, which is, um, David shows up here in the 17th chapter. First time, he actually, uh, yeah, He's, uh, he shows up actually in 16. A little bit about him, and then we covered 18. Uh, the the um, oh, hang on one second. Let's see down here. No, we're gonna pick up with 18. Okay, so David has already killed Goliath. Anyway, after I'm reading First Samuel chapter 18, verse one. After King Saul finished his conversation with David, David met with Jonathan. Now remember, things are not gonna to look too good for Saul. But if you go back and look, he did it to himself. was not the Lord? Okay. God just didn't say, well, I quit with you. No, Saul had quit with the Lord. Okay, anyway, David met Jonathan. Now, that's the king's son, and there was an immediate bond of love between them. Now, this is so important to catch this. And in the Bible, you don't need a preacher. You can just read these on your own. you go, oh, I remember that. I remember that. It's chronological order. We've all read books. You start the beginning and go to the end. You're going to realize later on in David's life, he is really upset with people who are trying to kill Saul's relatives. That's because of this promise right here. Anyway, there was an immediate bond of love between them. Jonathan swore to be his blood brother and sealed the pact by giving him his robe, his sword, his bow, and belt. Wash weapons? You don't. Know. <laughs> Nothing wrong with weapons. Things wrong with people that don't use them right. But anyway. Saul immediately, me, King Saul now kept David with him and wouldn't let him return any uh, anymore to his home. Now, remember, David said, "Who sets, who delivers me from all dangers?" Okay, he was Saul's special assistant, and he always carried out his assignment successfully. No, that's interesting. You know, little old David, how come he's such a success? Well, you are too. Praise the Lord. and We got too many details not to say. Can I have some of that too? You can have all of it. You know, Jesus is called the son of David, praise the Lord. Guess what? According to the scriptures, we are brothers with Jesus. That puts us sons of David too. Anyway, Saul's special assistant, and he always carried out his assignment successfully. So Saul made him a commander of his troops, an appointment that was applauded by the army and general officers. Now, wait a minute. He just got lucky with, with Goliath. No, he wasn't. You couldn't stop David. Same thing with you and I. No weapon formed against us. What blessings you, you, you see. I, I can read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and those stories, wonderful things about Jesus, and when I'm reading my Bible, whatever, and you just can't help but see. praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You can read these stories, too, and you'll go, praise God, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be all right. All right, watch what happened. Anyway, this, uh, he was such a good soldier or whatever, he actually wound up being commander-in-chief. Can you imagine that? Okay, 20-something years old at this point. Anyway, the the general public alike. But something happened when the victorious Israeli army was returning home after David killed Goliath. Uh Women came out from all the towns on the way to celebrate and to cheer for King Saul. And they were singing and dancing for joy and tambourines and cymbals. Now, this incident right here was almost like an email that went out to the known world. Because later on, a few chapters later, there's a king of the Philistines saying, in this David, they were singing about saying Saul has killed his thousands, but David killed his 10,000. This song was being sung everywhere. However, this was their song. Saul, and he was, he was very good at the start. Just we only, He only shows up in Samuel, and we're only at 18. About 9, 10, 11, 12 is Saul. He started out so good. Anyway, this was their song. Saul, Hussein, his thousands, and David, his his ten thousands. (laughs) Well, whatever. Okay, of course, Saul was very angry. What's this, he said to himself. Uh Uh-oh. Now, remember, David is part of Saul's staff. They credit David with tens of thousands and me only thousands. Now remember, they weren't embellishing the story here. Let's go back. Let's forget Saul for a moment. This was true. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Moses wrote about this. said, one Israeli will send a thousand to flight just because you belong to Jesus. Praise the Lord. You know, Ephesians chapter 6 says the shield of faith will quench every fiery dart of the wicked. And Jesus said, you know, that you know in Luke chapter ten, you know, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Praise the Lord. So from that time on, King Saul, verse 9, kept a jealous watch on David. The very next day, in fact, a tormenting spirit from God. Now somebody's said, Well, hmm, I have a problem with that. Well, we're gonna look at this in just a moment here. Just read the story. Don't don't pay so much attention. Well, look at that. The Lord just didn't. No, he didn't. He didn't. And I'll show you this. But anyway, a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul. He began to rave like a man band. See, here's what's so funny about this. We already know David says, the Lord delivers me out of everything. And now we're getting hung around the axle thinking, well, God gave Saul this tormenting spirit. Well, wait a minute. He's going to give it to David because <laughs> he's fixing a sling a spirit at him. So now the Lord who is my shepherd... I better duck. <laughs> he's, he's, he's. you know, never know what the Lord's going to do. While we're at this, let me just point this out. <clears throat> I'll show you a good example of this. <clears throat> oh, if we will, let's go to, I want to go to 2 Samuel. I passed it, didn't I? Yeah, hang on a second. Watch this. This is a good way to see this. 2 Samuel, the very last chapter. I'll show you a little comparison here. So we just go back to the details and don't worry Notice it says, uh, once again, the anger of the Lord flared against Israel. What? Look at that. He caused David to harm them by taking a national census. Well, doggone it. Lord, it's your fault. Uh, wait a minute. Don't get wrapped around the axle about that. Watch this. So anyway, uh, even Joab said, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Anyway, uh, but it said God caused it. if you go down here, so David took the census, David took the census. Anyway, David's conscience began to bother him Said, "I what I've done is very wrong. Well, now, wait a minute. The Lord did it. Now I'm getting confused. Well, let's come on down here later. And uh, look. Look what David says. Look, I'm the one who sinned. No, 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 no. Wait a minute, David. You didn't sin because the Lord did this. No, 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 no. Same story. Watch this. And you would find this on your own. Let's go to... Uh, Second Chronicles, no, First Chronicles, and it's the very last chapter. Say, Richard, how do you know all these? I just read it. It's pretty easy. It's a little book. You go, oh, wow. Look at this. Same story, because they're chronicling what happened. Uh, Let's see. Very last chapter. Watch this. Oops. Hang on. Oh, no, excuse me. It's 21. 21. (gasps) Look at the difference. Satan brought disaster upon Israel. Boy, just a minute. It said the Lord. Well, see, they tried to tell Jesus that you're casting out demons by above. In other words, you're working for the devil. A kingdom divided against itself won't stand. I think we can figure this out. Satan brought disaster upon Israel. He made David decide to take a census. It wasn't the Lord. Uh, Phil, what's the name of that dog you had? What's was the name of that dog? So, Sal. do remember, he told that story. And Sally, he let the dog loose and immediately run around the front of the house and a car run over. It. Well, Phil didn't let go of that dog saying, you know what, I want that dog to get run over. You know, that's not what, it wasn't Phil's will for that dog to get run over. It's just what happened as a result of them being let go. Matter of fact, it's so funny, you know, the next morning he said when he let his dog out, his dog stuck his head out the window and <laughs> he didn't know if I'm going out there or not. But don't get hung over the axle about this. So let's go back to our story. So we realize now that, ooh, there's a tormenting spirit from the Lord, it says. Well, we know the Lord didn't give it to him. Because there we got an incident right there that shows that, well, what is it? Was it Satan put disaster on Israel or was it the Lord? Well, it wasn't the Lord. Of course it wasn't. Uh, All right, let's go back. Now, 1 Samuel. Here we go. Let's go back to this. 18. All right, here we go. All right, so here's David. David's minding his own business. All right, he succeeded... Uh, okay, let's see, where was it at? Yeah, here it is, right here. Uh, he kept a jealous eye on him, Saul, Saul Saul, did, 1 Samuel 18. Anyway, he began raving like a wild man. Okay, David began to soothe him by playing his harp as he did whenever this happened. But Saul was fiddling with his fear. His fear. Well, you know what's going to happen. Suddenly, he hurled it at David, intending to pin him to the wall. Well, you might as well say, well, I guess the Lord wasn't it. Wasn't, we know it wasn't the Lord. You know, praise the Lord. Okay, David jumped aside and escaped. This happened another time too. For Saul was afraid of him, jealous because, look at this, here we go, the Lord left him and it was now, uh, and was now with David. And guess what? The Lord's with you and I. Anyway, finally Saul banned him from his presence. Look at that, demoted him to the rank of a captain. Well, gee whiz, I mean, I, I had these blessings and now... They're gone. Well, no, wait a minute. Watch. But the controversy put David more than ever in the public eye. Now, David wrote everything down he was doing. And so we have all these guidelines. And it's really just so simple. You just, just love the Lord. Verse 14, he continued to succeed in everything he undertook. That's you and I. For the Lord was with him. The angel said his name's going to be called Emmanuel, which which means God with us. I mean, notice that picture out there, Revelation 3.20. That's pretty close. He's right there at your door. When Saul saw this, he became even more afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved him, for he was one of them. One day, Saul said to David, I'm ready to give you my oldest daughter. Now, this was a trick. Remember, Saul didn't all of a sudden go, oh, I love you, I love you. That's the reason we don't have to worry about our backside. God will take care of us. Again, if this is just a novel for us to go, wow, that's those are neat stories. Doesn't mean anything to me, but they're neat stories. No, nope, they mean everything. I'm ready to give you my oldest daughter Merib as your wife. But first you must prove yourself and be a real soldier fighting the Lord's battles. Like he hadn't? Anyway, for Saul thought to himself, I'll send him out against the Philistines and let them kill him, rather than doing it myself. Who am I? That I should be the king's son-in-law, David exclaimed. But my father's family is nothing. But when the time came for the wedding, Saul already gave her away to somebody else. I think that was part of the plan too, just to kind of make David get a wedge between them. It didn't bother David. Saul married her to Adriel, a man of Maholath, instead. In the meantime, look at this. Saul's daughter, Michael, had fallen in love. We don't have no love stories. I mean, that's fleshly. I mean, t- Adam and Eve was a love story. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> Gee, the Song of Solomon. Read it sometime. Read the Living Bible. You <laughs> It'll get you excited. It's pretty exciting stuff. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, the guy the guy that wrote almost half well, a third of the Psalms had a love life. Praise the Lord. Wow. It wasn't just one girl either. Now let's keep going. Here's another opportunity to see him killed by the Philistines. Boy, now, now, this, is, this is crazy. He's going to use his daughter for this. I mean, this is really dug in deep. I want him dead. I'm going to use my members of my household. We don't kill him. Now, David, in the Psalms, he would write and he would say, everybody is against me. That's the reason he, he, he would write that. And praise the Lord, I don't care how bleak it is, we're going to get out. Saul, here's what he said. You can be my son in law after all. I'll give you my youngest daughter. Then Saul instructed him, uh, uh, instructed his men to say confidentially to David that the king really liked him a lot. And they all loved him and thought he should accept the king's proposal and become his son in law. David replied, How can a poor man like me from an unknown family find enough dowry to marry the daughter of a king? When Saul's men reported this back to him, he told him, says, All I want. Now, watch this. This is important. Watch what he says. Tell him, all David needs, the only dowry I need is a hundred dead Philistines. Well, I'll hit the note here and you can tell what that is. A hundred foreskins. I guess you had to bring back a little proof. Okay. Anyway, my vengeance on my enemies is all I want. But what Saul had in mind, look at this. Saul had in mind that David would be killed in the fight. Notice David didn't say, man, I don't know if Michael's worth it or not. (laughs) David's like... Heck yeah. And watch what he does. 200. Remember, he was in love too. So before the time limit expired, he and his men went out and they killed 200. And they presented, you know what, to the king. Man. So Saul gave Michael to him. When the king realized how much the Lord was with David and how immensely popular he was with all the people, he became even more afraid of him and grew to hate him more and more with every passing day whenever the philistine armies attacked you know david you should have some bad days no there's not any bad days you don't find that in the scriptures we're just going to cover one more chapter but you can watch this uh, when the philistine army attacked david was more successful against them than all the rest of Saul's officers so david's name became very famous throughout the land all right 19 look at this more suicide missions i mean i mean assassination Saul now urged his age and Jonathan to assassinate David. Oh, but remember, Jonathan loved him. But Jonathan, because of his close friendship with David, told him... Now, hold up a second here. I wonder if i got any close friends. Well, you will, and you probably do. Well, you do. You look around, you go, praise the Lord. I've got a Jonathan. I mean, people that are willing to lay down their life, they, they love you that much. Anyway. I need a son. (laughs) Man, they're everywhere, praise the Lord. God is taking care of you, even your cars. You're like, you know, this car sure has been a good car to me. Yeah, it's been a best friend, hasn't it? It's always cranks, always runs, always whatever, praise the Lord. Anyway, my father, let's see, he told him what his father was planning. Tomorrow morning, he warned him, you must find a hiding place out in the fields." Now, this is not the, the field story about the arrows. This is another one. That's actually the next chapter. I'll ask my father to go out there with me and I'll talk to him about you. Then I'll tell you everything I find out. The next morning, Jonathan and his father, what were they doing? They were talking together. Now look what he says. Uh, They were talking. He spoke well of David and begged him not to be against David. Praise the Lord. You know, there's so many people that are vouching for you all the time. The Lord is, but but, but they really are. He's never done anything to harm you, Jonathan pleaded. He's always helped you in any way he could. Have you forgotten the time he risked his life To kill Goliath? And how the Lord brought a great victory to Israel as a result? You were certainly happy about it then. Why should you now murder an innocent man? There's no reason for it at all. Finally, Saul agreed. And he vowed, as the Lord lives, he shall not be killed. Well, that vow didn't last very long. I mean, (laughs) this whole chapter, I mean, this whole book is all about Saul trying to kill him. Okay, afterwards, Jonathan called David, told him what had happened. Then he took David to Saul, and everything was as it was before. Wow. War broke out after that. David led his troops against the Philistines. Well, you can guess what's going to happen. And slaughtered many of them. Many of them, and he put their entire army to flight. But one day, oh, no, you can guess what's happening here. He was listening to David play his harp. Suddenly, the tormenting spirit from the Lord attacked him. Now, remember, we know better. We just keep reading the story. <clears throat> the Lord left him. The only thing left was <clears throat> evil spirits. anyway. He had his spear in his hand. He hurled it at David in an attempt to kill him. And I'm tell you something. The Bible tells us, Jesus said, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. You have these same things coming against you all the time. But don't worry about it. Jesus, in that chapter, that's in John 10, he talks, he says, the shepherd, he says I'm the shepherd of the sheep. My sheep come in and go out and they hear my voice. He's saying, yeah, I know the thief's trying to kill you, but don't worry about it. He said, I have come that you might have life. Think about that. The thief comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that they might have life. Hmm. Let's use Jesus' analogy. Kill, steal, destroy. They have to be real. They can't just be, well, it's spiritual. It has to be real or it doesn't make any sense. Especially when Jesus answers back, I have come that you might have life and have it What? much as I can give you. Abundant. Praise the Lord. It's amazing. Same thing we see here. But anyway, they tried to kill it. He tried to kill it. But David dodged out of the way. You will too. And fled in the night leaving the spear embedded in the timber of the wall. Saul sent troops to watch David's house and kill him when he came out in the morning. Now watch this. If you don't get away, his wife said, Michael warned him, you'll be dead in the morning. So she helped him get to the ground through a window. Praise the Lord. he got out. She took an idol. Whoa, wait just a minute. It's actually a teraphim. Yeah, I mean, listen, the whole... Na- you got to remember, this is historic. The whole nation wasn't the best goody-goody Christians ever in the world. By far, no. Matter of fact, when, Saul- when David becomes king and then Solomon becomes king, right after Solomon dies, the whole nation goes into worshiping idols. A lot of them had idols. Oh, anyway. She put this thing, some statue thing, put it in his bed, covered it with blankets. We've seen this on the Three Stooges or movies or whatever. Anyway, it's head on a pillow with goat's hair. When the soldiers came in to arrest David and take him to Saul, she said, Oh, he's sick, he's sick, and he can't get out of bed. Saul said, Look at this, Saul said, Bring him in his bed so I can kill him. Oh, mercy. And when they came to carry him out, they discovered it was an idol. Well, now guess who's going to be in trouble? His daughter. Watch this. She's okay, too. (laughs) She's okay, too. Saul is furious. Why have you deceived me and let my enemy escape, Saul demanded of Michael. I had to. Uh, he threatened my life. <laughs> he did not, but we know better. Anyway, here we go. In that way, David got away and went to Ramah to see Samuel. Hey, Samuel's still there. Good. So he went to Decatur or whatever and told him all that Saul had done to him. Saul took him, excuse me, Samuel took him with him to live at Naoth. Okay. When the report reached Saul that David was in Naoth and Ramah, okay, he was at Gunnersville, New Hope, whatever. He sent soldiers. Here we go again to capture him. But when, notice this, when they arrived um, and saw—excuse me—but when they when they arrived and saw Samuel and the other prophets prophesying, the Spirit of God came on them and they began to prophesy. That's amazing. But now, this, is, this shouldn't be confusing here. The Bible's full of this. Prophesying is not like Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. That's prophesying about a nation that was worshiping some other god. What we have in prophesying here is the same thing you see over here in, oh, let's come back to 19, in oh, Acts chapter, Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came, look at this. Your sons and daughters are prophesying. Watch what happens here. Oh, uh, Here it is. Uh, Peter stepped forward and he said, to, uh, and shouted, listen, some of you are saying, let's see, da, 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 excuse me, I passed, that's not it. Oh, uh, Yeah, he said, how can this be? We're, we're hearing all these strange languages, Parthenians, Medes, I mean, Mexican, Spanish, whatever, you know, Chinese, all this kind of stuff. We hear these men, what are we hearing? We hear these men telling in our own language about the mighty miracles of God. Now all we hear is, you go to hell. (laughs) That's not what was happening back over there. All of Samuel's men, I mean all of Samuel's prophets and stuff over here, were prophesying and and these soldiers got wrapped up in it. You know? So anyway, uh, let's get down here to it. They all began to prophesy. When Saul heard what had happened to his soldiers, he sent other soldiers. But they too prophesied. The same thing happened a third time. Then Saul went down. I'm going to do it myself. So he goes down there. Where is Samuel and David, he demanded. Someone told him, well, they're over here in Arab. But on the way to Naoth, the Spirit of God came on Saul, and he too began to prophesy. (laughs) He tore off his clothes. He lay naked all night prophesying with Samuel's prophets. Saul's men were incredulous going, is that our boss? <laughs> what is Saul a prophet too? Can you tell what's going on here? That's the end of that. Boy, I'd love to go in the next chapter, but I'm not because it's just—it's the same thing. David now fled; and he's going to get away. He's going to get away. Always will get away. So let's go back over here to uh, to Psalms. Just a moment. Go back to thirty-four. Notice he says, I'll praise the Lord no matter what happens. I'll constantly speak of His glories and grace. I will boast of His kindness to me. Well, I guess so. Look at that. Let all who are discouraged take heart. Let's praise the Lord together. Now, you don't quit. I have seen people write songs, and all they do is use this. And I get wore out over it. I'm like... Okay, i got to praise Him. Okay, okay. And we never find out why. For I cried to Him and He answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Praise the Lord. I'll never forget when, when AIDS was coming out real strong. And I'd hear nurses, get, they would be cut and they're now infected. Well, anyway, I may have told you this story before, but I'll tell you again. I had a clog at my house down here and I went and got... I rented a, I thought, I'm gonna do it myself. I got some sewer equipment and I was working with that stuff and I didn't think and all of a sudden I cut my hand, I wasn't wearing gloves. And all of a sudden I had that thought. You're in sewer and you cut your hand, and I mean I had that thought, what if there's some sort of virus, AIDS or whatever can get in me now because I thought how stupid. I was beating myself up, I should have had gloves on. And then I started panicking because my kids were little and I'm thinking, I may die. (laughs) You know, I have one of those moments where you're not going to tell nobody. I'll never forget as a little kid, I think I was five years old. I was playing on the sidewalk. My parents, my dad had already warned me and told my sister and all, sister all about black widows and stuff. And I was playing a kid, five years old. And I remember, I looked on my arm and there was a black widow. I just remember that. And I just flicked it off. And I had this thought as a five-year-old, do I tell mama that I don't know if I'm bit or not? And I just thought, I'm going to take my chances. I'm not going to tell anybody. And I'll wait and see if in the morning if I'm still alive, you know. Well, I did the same thing as a 35-year-old. I was worried about cutting my hand. and I. But, you know, I had learned that, you know what, all this stuff about the Bible is true. And I calmed myself down because I was worried. What if you're going to die? And you could do that about driving home. You ever have two-lane roads and two-lane roads? And what if somebody... Swerves in. And you're watching every car as they go by. You, know, you can fear yourself silly. But anyway, notice this. I, let's all that are discouraged, let's take heart. You mean anytime? Yeah, anytime. For I cried to him. He answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Look at this. Others, too, that means us, were radiant at what he did for them. Theirs was no downcast look of rejection. And he says, This poor man, remember he was. I'm just a shepherd. And he went straight to being a king. And the Lord heard him, saved him out of all his troubles. Boy, I mean, what else can we say? Father, we just thank you for your word today. We just thank you. Praise the Lord. It's not mine. It's yours. We just looked at what you did. So, Lord, if we're in any kind of trouble whatsoever, we know you'll get us out. If we're in trouble financially, you'll get us out of that. If we're not feeling good, praise the Lord. You'll take care of that, too. And so that didn't leave anything left but for us to go outside and watch you take care of us and we'll tell others what you've done for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, good, good, good. Oh, right on schedule. Hey man.